Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. No! No! Oh! Heartbreak at the end! Six minutes to get a winner! is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered. We are going up on the road. Please make sure you do have all of your luggage and your Welcome to episode 136 of We Are Going Up. I'm Mark Crossley. Sorry that we couldn't um, put a show out last week, but we are back. And David Cameron Walker, I feel like I should be whispering here because you are in enemy territory as we speak. You are... No, I won't, I won't <laughs> do it. Um, no, I'm standing right outside Kenilworth Road, the home of Luton Town. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, we are here at Kenilworth Road for uh, the match being played Tuesday night in League Two between Luton Town who are back in the Football League after five years away and Bury. So two of this season's promotion favourites going head-to-head tonight. Yeah, well, it's an early test for both of them. Both had uh, well, a win and a loss, haven't they, in the league so far between them. So everything to play for tonight. I mean, I suppose it's when you play one of your so-called promotion rivals early on in the season, it is a chance to lay a marker down and a bit of a statement of intent. And to, for a team like Luton, it's a chance for them to gauge themselves again, really, and see you know just how good they are. Are they genuine contenders in this division? And, and Barry as well after that loss in the first game alright yeah you know they've come back since strong performance against Bolton in the, in the League Cup and they got the victory at the weekend now it's the time to start motoring on well over 9,000 fans were here for Luton's 1-0 defeat to AFC Wimbledon on Saturday uh, their first game back in the league since they emphatically clinched promotion as champions uh, last season all the pain and heartache of those non-league years the agony of those two playoff final defeats in 2011 and 2012 and uh, before tonight's game we've caught with a few you Luton fans to ask them how it feels to have the club back in the football league at last well I think it's great I think it's where we should be I think we got cheated out of it and it shouldn't have gone out at the time we did through the reasons we did and I think it's great to be back I think what happened when we lost all them points you know it was a bit of an injustice and it's nice to get back to where we belong you know and we also asked the Hatters fans what their realistic expectations are for the season ahead success I think will be playoffs I think being realistic top 10 I think but I can't see why we can't get in the playoffs. Promotion? Be great. <laughs> Got to look ahead, didn't you? As for the visitors, like Luton, they've won one, lost one, and gone out of the League Cup in their first three games of the season. But having been at Bolton last week, let me tell you, that does not tell the true story whatsoever of that game. Uh, the Mighty Shakers, my team, Berry Football Club, are in town. And coming up later, you're going to hear a special interview with a man who effectively saved Berry from administration about 18 months ago, Chairman Stuart Day. Commercially, the club, before we took over, was, was stagnant. I think the support 
has had that it was the attitude that it was going to be this is just all Bury you know and this is how we've got to accept it and we wanted to come in with an attitude to say well you know this is Bury Football Club if it's good enough for uh, Manchester United Manchester City it's good enough for us and we tried to implement a lot of changes in there and invest in the right areas and as well as Stuart we also managed to catch up with a man who covers the club for the Bury Times Craig Nelson to be honest it sort of felt like at Hartlepool that it really got going didn't it um, and, and that was all kick-started by the performance at Bolton I think um, first game of the season maybe people were scratching their heads thinking what, what's happened here you know we've got these players in and, and it's not quite gelled but yeah everything clicked into gear at Bolton I think they've taken that mentality into the, the game against Hartlepool and hopefully they can continue tonight and as well as speaking to the chairman and to Craig we've also been speaking to some Bury fans outside the ground tonight to find out what they're expecting in the nine months that follow personally myself I don't go for the favourites to, to go up I'd rather them just stay by Saturday to Saturday and get the performance but deep down yeah they are good enough to get definitely get promoted they like to score most teams in this league might concede a few but they like to score most teams I think there's at least half a dozen teams that are fairly even I mean if, if, if he offered me seven, seventh place now I'd probably take it so that's all ahead plus we'll have our how would you describe it unique commentary well, that's one word for it yep <laughs> on uh, tonight's game uh, Kenilworth Road and we'll also be giving our verdicts on the couple of week, uh, the first couple of weeks of the season have you cursed Huddersfield Town already well yeah obviously ok and also the brand new we are going up fantasy football league uh, we'll give you the details of that later plus the pulled pork on offer at Carlisle United that is all still to come shall we get cracking come on then let's get it over with hold up let's go we are going up live so we've moved inside Kenilworth Road and we're now sat behind the goal. Quite a low angle of the uh, of the pitch. DC, um, I believe you feel like booking a holiday after looking at some of these EasyJet adverts. Well, I don't know what it is, yeah. It's inescapable, isn't it? Just orange all around us on the players' kit all around the stands. I even just saw an EasyJet plane just flying above the stand <laughs> overhead. Um, I'm going to Lisbon, actually, in a, in a few weeks' time, so that's, that's fine. Um, but, yeah, the last time I was here was, I believe, on... Uh, I think it was New Year's Day... 2006 when it was Watford against Luton uh, and we won 2-1 back in the championship that season and Luton went one way we went we went the other and uh, we've never we've never met ever since which, which is a shame really because I do miss those games last time I was here obviously the, the atmosphere was absolutely electric it's not quite the same well, just, you say that just yet just yet although the Berry faithful have turned up in quite considerable numbers considering the distance on a Tuesday night always do mate always do you were saying the last time you were here you got given sort of an armed walk from the uh, train station yeah, yeah all the way from the M1 actually a big police um, sort of convoy we didn't, we didn't quite have that today no no we didn't but it is I mean I mean, Watford fans turn off now and I apologise for what I'm about to say so I'm about to say some nice things about Luton Town and their ground Unique? If, well, it is in, maybe not unique, but certainly a dying breed. And whilst it's not exactly the most desirable place around the ground, around Kenilworth Road, I thought you were being complimentary. No, I mean, look, it's not going to come up. It's not going to. You're not going to find yourself on a Sunday Times most desirable places to live list anytime <laughs> soon. But what it does, it lacks in property value, shall we say. It certainly makes up for a character because it, on three sides of the ground, it's surrounded by terraced housing. It's right in the heart of the community, and like you actually have to. 
almost walk through like an alleyway that's like in between the houses to get around the ground. It's like you're going into, it's like you're going into someone's back garden to get into the away end, and it's fantastic. So I, I love old grounds like that. It's got real character. It's falling to, to bits, but you know, it's it's the romantic side of football that increasingly you know is disappearing. I've never really, I don't think ever in my. Uh, my years watching football seen a, a walkway quite like that to go between the away end and the home end it is tiny um, but anyway Luton Town how good is it to see them back in the football league a lot of their fans feel that they were uh, hard done by five years ago with a 30 point deduction or six years ago back in 2008 um, obviously John Still has been getting quite a bit of press recently you might have seen him on the football league show at the weekend but it is, it is a, a fantastic job he's done since he, he came in Luton have had a couple of near misses they lost on penalties to AFC Wimbledon didn't they a few years ago they lost to York City I believe at Wembley we're close to coming back but finally they're, they're back in the Football League where let's be honest historically they belong absolutely you know they've had some great times in the in, in a not too too distant past and they've had some tough times now but you know the club is looking up it's a, there's an optimism around the club they're back in the Football League I say as one of their players miscontrols a five yard pass out for a throw in brilliant um, but so, so I'm looking forward to seeing damning with faint praise <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing play tonight is uh, Luton's number five and captain Steve McNulty now he's a player that a lot of images went round him on Twitter when Luton got promoted saying this man will be playing in the Football League next season because let's be honest he's about 14 stone he's got a head full of grey hair he, he, he looks like he'd be more at home on a Sunday League there he is heading away he marshes than he would do on a Football League playing surface like this but he's also one of those sort of classic players that you do find at Sunday League level and like five aside almost so you, you, you'll be lining up against a team you never played him before and you see, you see a big centre back thing. hang on a minute he's carrying a bit of timber we can get at him we can get our forwards at him this will be fun but then all of a sudden he turns out to be the best player on the pitch because he can actually play well before we came into the ground tonight uh, we did catch up with some Luton fans outside and we asked them just what it feels like to be back in the football league yeah I think it's really great um, I think what happened when we lost all them points you know it was a bit of an injustice and it's nice to get back to where we belong you know and has the support during the time that the club's been out of the league have the fans still been coming down in their numbers yeah definitely I've I think that it just shows that everybody's been supportive of you know what they've been trying to do fair play to them well, I think it's great I think it's where we should be I think we got cheated out of it and it shouldn't have gone out at the time we did through the reasons we did and I think it's great to be back and um, what have you made of the uh, the start of the season so far <laughs> you've had uh, a win a defeat and a cup defeat haven't you a bit indifferent to the start but uh, well, it's early days long long way to go and what do you make of the squad you've got you've obviously lost Andre Gray your, your, your big player from last year do you think this squad is capable of doing well in this division I think it's capable of holding its own I don't necessarily think it's going to win it but I think we'll hold our own what have you made of the job that John Still's done since he's come into the club excellent yeah just one word excellent it started off a bit slow perhaps but um, yeah so going. and tell me what those years were like in the uh, in the conference you had a couple of near misses in the playoff finals how difficult was it to keep coming back here every week when you were playing non-league football well, if you're a Luton fan you come back anyway don't you but it was a bit depressing at times when you're losing at home to um, Dartford and teams like that no disrespect to them but yeah it's, it's a little bit depressing but we're out of it now hopefully onwards and upwards and, and what do you think the uh, the expectation is of most Luton fans this season what would be success success I think would be playoffs I think being realistic top 
team, I think. But I can't see why we can't get in the playoffs. If we can keep the momentum going from last season, you know, we can do it. And what do you think a realistic expectation or um, ambition is for this season? Promotion? Be great. <laughs> Got to look ahead, didn't you? You know, hopefully that's what's, what's on the cards. You can't just say mid-table. You just want to do the best you can. And there might be quite a few fans of other League Two clubs listening to this. Who are the couple of players that Luton have got this season that other teams need to sort of watch out for? They'll probably laugh when they see him, but McNulty. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that with uh, Akinfenor on Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> and probably Drury and, and, and Guttridge even getting fit again. Um, but I think Drury will take a few teams apart, but we just need someone up front to put the ball in now. We're missing Gray. And uh, finally, a prediction for tonight? One inch. Two one to Luton. What do you think a, a realistic expectation is for Luton, DC, in their first season back? Promoted clubs have had quite a good track record in the last few years uh, in their first season back up. Do you think this is a, a side which should be looking to get promoted this year? I think it's a side which should be looking to to play with no fear and to just try and do the very best that they can do. And, and, and that, that very well may be good enough to get promoted or at least finish in the inner top seven places. Because as you said, teams have come up. Fleetwood have done well. Stevenage have come up in the recent years. You know, Crawley Town have done it. You know, teams have come up into this league, competed and, and more, and you know, and gone up or, or, or nearly gone up. So they shouldn't be scared at all. You know, they, they didn't creep up last season. They they were emphatically promoted with over 100 points, scoring over 100 goals. 30 of them have gone out the door though, with, with Andre Gray going to Brentford. So they're going to need to find someone who can replace those goals, whether it be from within the team, sharing them around more, or, or you know, players that they've brought in to, to take the load. Uh, that Andre Gray you know leaves behind but I think they've got enough quality you know they've got a good manager who will probably you know find some more players from non-league like he's done consistently throughout his career and, and turn them into gems and uh, as much as it may pain me to say it I think they've got plenty of reasons to be optimistic just a word on John still as well because I mean he's I think he's been uh in management continually for something like 37 years I think was a stat that I, I read at the weekend managers like that are sort of the heart and soul of the football league these managers who um, are sort of down in the bottom divisions don't really get much national press so I think it's nice for someone like John Still who's obviously done extremely well at Dagenham and now repeating the feat at Luton to be given a little bit of spotlight at the start of the season Long overdue really I mean he, he did get a claim for, for the job he did at Dagenham and, which was a, and, and he should have got more than he did you know absolutely remarkable achievement to get Dagenham up in, into, into League One and nearly, very, very nearly kept them there as well. And, you know, it took him a little while to get going at Luton. It wasn't an instant success when he when he came in, but that's perhaps to be expected. And now last season, he really got them rocking and now he finds them back in the Football League. And, and he's possibly, you know, as well, you know, we've talked about the players on the pitch, but he, he's a real big asset to them. You know, another another thing they will have to contend with is Luton lost their captain, Ronnie Ronnie Henry, last season. He's He's gone to Stevenage. That's more experience out the door but, but but John still is a man who's vastly experienced you know at, at this level and below and he will be invaluable to them this season and you know we talked about Charlie Walker didn't we the, the player that they brought in I don't, yeah. from, from Peace Haven and, and Telscombe he's not featured yet but he's an example of the sort of players that still will, will take a gamble on you know Andre Gray and Ronnie Henry have gone but you know the, the, the next people on the production line will, will I'm sure not be too far behind if it's not this season it'll, it'll be in, in the future for Luton alright well that's enough on Luton for now in just a minute we are going to focus on their opponents tonight another team hotly tipped for promotion this season the Shakers Berry. We are going up live. We've got the Football League covered.
Uh, speaking of come on Berry, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the, the Shakers. I think with many bookies, they were what seven to four favourites to get promoted from League Two this season. Uh, David Flickcroft came in in November uh, last year after Kevin Blackwell's departure from the club. They finished 12th in the end last season. They made some notable signings over the summer. Uh, Ryan Lowe, Danny Nardiello, obviously who came in last season, but that's a pretty formidable strike partnership for uh, the fourth tier. Just watching Ryan Lowe with his pink boots spray across the park now. Yeah, I suppose I suppose the question mark with, with Lowe is, is his age, but it doesn't seem to be phasing him. Seems to be consistently scoring goals season after season. If anything, getting getting better with each with each season that goes by and the more experience he gets. So he's, he'll be a big player for you this season. Nardiello, he, he's had spells in his career where he's looked impressive, but perhaps hasn't really necessarily fulfilled his potential consistently just yet. Uh, and of course, you brought in Danny Rose as well, who, I mean, he's not a player that I know much about, but certainly whenever you've spoken to me about him, you, you speak highly of him. Check out the uh, overhead kick he scored for Barnsley in a youth game on YouTube last year. It is absolutely fantastic. Speaking of the start of the season, though, I was at the Cheltenham game on the first day of the season when we played 4-4-2 quite surprisingly, and uh, we lost 1-0. We had a lot of the ball, but they sort of stuck everyone behind the ball, and uh, once they got the goal and defended well, and we couldn't break them down. And when we played Bolton in the, the League Cup, we switched to a 3-5-2, which is I think the system most people expect us to play this season with Chris Hussey um, and actually Tom Saws played right wing back that night and we were 1-0 up this is like I suppose it's a bit different for Watford because your rivals Luton are a smaller club than you but we were 1-0 uh, up at Bolton in the 96th minute a minute away from an amazing League Cup upset and then they got given the dodgiest penalty of all time never six minutes of injury time went on to lose 3-2 in extra time we say that that's exactly what happened when I last went to the Reebok oh really 96th minute penalty which Gary Speed uh, calmly slotted away uh, and, and, we, and we lost Nicky Adams just in front of us unhappy with that decision <laughs> there you go uh, Luton throwing just in front of us uh, before the game we were lucky enough to speak to uh, a few of this <laughs> this wonderful group of Berry fans outside uh, and we asked them what the start of the season has been like so far first performance was poor I think the um, the day got to them too much yeah you get to Bolton they absolutely did everything Fantastic. absolutely brilliant night couldn't fall outplayed them outsung them got robbed and got robbed yeah and then Saturday didn't actually go but believe a good performance just thought they can do the, do the business tonight it's been, um, it's been a mixed bag really the, uh, the first game was obviously a bit disappointing but I think that, that does happen occasionally but Bolton absolutely played them off the park and the um, the away game on Saturday was you know very very encouraging Cheltenham with a bit of a late game but Bolton we deserved to win it to referee but Hartlepool just played them off the park to be fair so I'll settle for the point tonight from what you've seen so far do you, do you think you justify being one of the bookies favourites promotion? Yeah, because they like to score most teams in this league. Might concede a few, but they like to score most teams. Firstly, myself, I don't go for the favourites to, to go up. I'd rather them just stay by Saturday to Saturday and get the performance. But deep down, yeah, they are good enough to get definitely get promoted. Whether it be playoffs is another thing, but I think they'll be there at the end of the season. I think there's at least half a dozen teams that are fairly even. I mean, if, if, if you offer me seventh, seventh place now, I'd probably 
probably take it. I think we're no better and no worse than a good sort of at least four or five other teams. So I would I wouldn't say we're not good enough, but you know I wouldn't say it's not guaranteed either. Flickcroft wants to play good football, it seems, and has been playing good football. You've now invested quite a lot in the actual playing surface uh, at Gig Lane to enable the team to play better football there and play get the ball down and pass it around. Does that matter to you? Do you, do you care about Barry playing good football, or do you just want to see them you know winning games no matter how they do it? I don't think anyone gets promoted from League Two by playing good football. You've got to play effective football and get the ball in the back of the net. It looks like he's building for a future. As we saw at Bolton last Tuesday night, you know, wide pitch, big pitch. We took advantage of them and we attacked down the wings. I think that's what he's looking to build. I'd question whether Gig Lane, the pitch can even be as wide as we need it to be to play that type of football. And just a quick word on uh, the chairman since he's come into the club. Obviously, we're at Luton tonight. The Luton fans probably hate Kevin Blackwell as much as the very fans do. What kind of difference has he made to the club since he's come in? To me, a, a, a big difference. A, a difference that you can tell all right. I just don't understand these that are putting this Twitter on, where, you know, that they want to know where the money's coming from. If you're a Bury fan, I'm happy just to see him in that Division 1 championship. That's all I want regarding where his money's from. That's up to the lad, innit? He's, he's been prepared to put his money in, so good luck to him. And obviously, Nicky Adams and Ryan Lowe have both come back to the club uh, this summer and they've strengthened the attacking options with Danny Rose this week, coming in from Barnsley. He scored on Saturday. What have you made of what you've seen of him so far? And do you think it's a good move? Obviously, not seen an awful lot of him this season, but last season he looked very good. I think for, the, for this level, he's a different class. He's a, he's a League One player playing in League Two, so I think you'd expect him to get 15, 20 goals. I was just going to say one final question. I, I, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't detect a strong Lancashire accent there. Normally, Normally, Mark is one of the only Berry fans I know down down south, and, and normally people down south who support teams from up your part of the country, are Man United fans. What's what's the story? Um, basically, my, my old man's from um, from uh, Redcliffe, so obviously he moved down when he was young and just started following Berry when I was a kid. Where's Redcliffe? <laughs> it's near Berry. <laughs> well, good on you. And a prediction for tonight? Two on Berry. I mean, I'll take a draw, but I think at the end of the day, I'm looking to take a win. They're a big team. They've got promoted, but I think they're really built on what they've got coming up from last season. I mean, who they got? Is it Cullen up front? Yeah, got, it used to be at uh, yeah. our place. Yeah, yeah they've got Cullen. We've got Ryan Lowe and yellow. <laughs> like, I think that should speak for itself. Those are some of the Berry fans we spoke to before the game tonight. And we also caught up with Craig Nelson, who uh, is the Shakers reporter for the Berry Times. Craig watches uh, the Whites every single week of the season. And uh, we started by asking him about the first three games. Obviously, a disappointing performance at home to Cheltenham in the league. Uh, the Cup defeat at Bolton. And then that 2-0 win against Hartlepool last Saturday. Yeah, I mean, t- to be honest, it sort of felt like at Hartlepool that it really got going, didn't it? Um, and, and that was all kick-started by the performance at Bolton. I think um, first game of the season, maybe people were scratching their heads thinking, what, what's happened here? You know, we've got all these players in and, and it's not quite gelled. But yeah, everything clicked into gear at Bolton. I think they've taken that mentality into the, the game against Hartlepool and hopefully they can continue tonight. I, I guess, uh, I don't know who knows what's going to happen tonight, but, but it all seems like they've got the right players in the right positions and um, uh, quite strength in depth to go forward. Obviously there's quite a lot of expectation on Berry at the start of this season. You know, they finished the season strongly under Flickcroft last time round. A number of good players for this level brought in uh, during the summer. It's a little bit of a mixed bag in the first few games of the season but quite a big game against Luton another team who some people think will be up there at the end of the season. Yeah, I, I mean to be honest anything could happen here tonight. Uh, I think um, they could they could get beaten um, quite easily. They could win quite comfortably or it could be one of those tense nights where you're not really quite sure which way it's going to go I think um, it's it's one of those games that if you get something from you'll be happy no matter what it is um, and you'll just move on to the next one um, now I'd like to see the, the momentum I think um, the captain called it they want to get the juggernaut in motion I think he said uh, which is it's an interesting terminology but I think um, that's the right 
favourite thing is that you imagine that if they do get some wins under the belt, they do get a run going that they could be unstoppable. But at the same time, anything can happen in football. And I think at these early stages, they just want to make sure that that they keep the the spirit in the team and they don't get get any injuries. And um, I think hopefully that'll get them going and get them on the right the right road. Sorry, just one thing I would say is that the players that they have bought, when I was thinking about it, not really taking any risks on any of them. I think they're all tried and tested in one way or another, either playing at Berry as, as, a, as a loan signing or have, have got great experience elsewhere. So, I mean, it's not like they've been frivolous, they've gone out and taken a punt on anyone. I think they've really got, got a side that you can probably trust um, to play all the way through the season right down the way. And they've bolstered their attacking options by bringing in Danny Rose from Barnsley on a three-year deal. Mm. Uh, he scored on Saturday. How much of a sort of statement of intent is that that they're able to offer players a three-year contract in League Two? Yeah, I mean, many people wonder like how how they can do it, um, and you know, like I think I think everyone's kind of interested to know exactly how it all pans out, how how they've managed to finance the deals. But I think it's all to do with the way they've structured it. To be honest, I don't think it's necessarily to do with they're, they're blowing money left, right, and centre. I think they've had to do deals with clubs on players that maybe were surplus to requirements anyway. I, th- I think with anyone that takes over a club, there's going to be a time where people are going to ask questions about who they are, what the motives are and why they're here but the one thing that Stuart Day has done and um, and his, his fellow board members, they've they basically said they were going to do something and crucially they've they've done it and um, I think for most fans um, watching from the outside in, whilst they will have questions about how they can get all the funding together and how, how they can buy all these players, if they say they're going to do something and they continue to do it, then that's all they can really ask for and I think um, there's, there's no reason to believe that the Berry that we see now can't go forward and can't move higher up the divisions it's just um, they have to bring fans and uh, along with them and actually add to those fan base I think that's the key that's really what Stuart has to try and do and I think many people have tried in the past and maybe not actually managed to do it but I think that's that's the real challenge and I think it's something he's, he's quite excited about That was Craig Nelson from the Berry Times talking to us before the game later we're hoping to catch up with uh, the chairman himself Mr Stuart Day the man who saved the club some people uh, would say when he came in about 18 months ago so hopefully we're going to be speaking to uh, Stuart after the full time whistle oh, that's tremendous as DC admires the Luton football oh, settle down miles over about Barry. that was a wonderful football from Luton <laughs> miles over um, you're going to get to hear more of those unique uh, David Cameron Walker commentary highlights now the best bits of Luton against Berry in League 2 we are going up on the road we've got the football league covered and I normally try and do a pass to the outside of my right foot completely instead of off the outside of his boot it's come off his big toe and gone completely opposite direction right into the stands that was right in front of us as well Danny Mayer what was that what are you opening there a little miniature pack of Haribo Star Mix I should do it's goalless, played about 20 minutes. Luton nil, Berry nil. Pretty even so far? Yeah, I'd, uh, yeah, pretty, yeah, it's pretty even. Luton maybe had slightly more possession in the final third. Not that they've really done anything with it, to be honest with you. Um, I think both teams just feeling each other out at the moment. Not, I mean, and Luton do look like they're trying to get it down and, and play it wide when they can. And there's been a few long balls from Berry, which not what I, not what I come to expect.
expect from Barry. From well, there's not been many long balls, so I think that's selective memory there. Look at that. It was a wonderful crossfield ball uh, along the deck. Um, no, it's pretty even so far. The highlight, I think, for you is that Danny Mayer uh, misplaced clearance, which, uh, yeah, went inside. What, what are these boxes here, by the way? Well, they look like... They look like a row of sort of almost like double glazing showrooms. They do. But they are the the Luton Town, what Luton Town would call I mean corporate boxes, directors' boxes. But there's no real fans on that side of the ground. So I don't know how, how much effect that has on the atmosphere. But I was gonna say, with regards to the atmosphere and it should be should be noted that one thing Luton do have in their favour this season is they do have a quite a vociferous home crowd and you know they'll have, they're going to have quite good attendances as well. The first game at home on Saturday against AFC Wimbledon was at uh, just over nine thousand people here, which for Luton, have a shy. Have a shy. Oh, oh. Who is that? Is that low? Come on, Barry! That's what I like to hear. David Flickcroft. Is he wearing yellow boots down there? The main man. I think he is. Not sure how I feel about that. He certainly is, yeah. Leading, leading by example. I don't think you'd find John still wearing uh, yellow boots. Probably just uh, feeler trainers. They seem to sponsor everything here, feeler. Is that still a thing, feeler? They're still on. Still on. Feeler, by the way, if you do want to sponsor, we are going up. <laughs> Send us an email via the website. Have a dig. Oh! How do you like them apples? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Both teams now starting to get in a feel for the ball, and when they do get the ball, both teams breaking quite quickly, getting it out wide, but, but keeping it on the floor and playing some good, you know, nice one-two touch passing. I've been quite impressed. Did you hear that story about PSV this week who banned Wi-Fi in their stadium? Well, they've, sorry, they brought Wi-Fi in and there was a big protest from fans against it. Well, they won't be very happy now because you're on Instagram in the middle of a football match. Is that true or not? Well, it is true, yeah. We've joined the 21st century. We're on Instagram now. Instagram slash, slash, not slash, slash Wagyu podcast. What are what you, what you cropping there? What filter are you going for? Early bird? Um, I'm early, I suppose toast is sort of orange, isn't he? Luton yeah. orange. Uh, no, I don't no, like no. toast. They're too saturated. I'm mostly quite a fan of either Valencia or X-Pro2. Have you seen the um, the column in the programme from uh, Big uh, Steve McNulty? It says, Maka, this is your captain speaking. It's like an easy jet punt, do you get it? Let's see what they've done there. I wonder if they should, they should do like a stunt, shouldn't they? Like, if, if The dream, I suppose, would be is if Luton ever managed to traverse their way back up the pyramid and get to the heady heights of, God forbid, the Premier League or go on a remarkable cup run and get into Europe... And then Luton are drawn against Sporting Lisbon in the first round of the Europa League. Where are you going with this? And, and they should have, like, as a surprise for the fans that are going out to see them, a, a collection of Luton players donning the, uh, like, the being air host, not hostesses, but, you know, cabin crew. I want to see Steve McNulty dressed up as an air hostess. That's what we're saying. <laughs> Make it happen. That's the dream. Make it happen, Luton. Free kick to Luton. About five yards, something outside the penalty area. Who takes set pieces for Luton? Any idea? Looks like it's going to be number 15, Luke Rooney. <laughs> Get him off set pieces. Rooney, Rooney. Get him off set pieces. 
was brilliant. Um, Luke Gutter just, just took a corner in front of us, and he's the boldest man in the world. And he tried to play a short corner to Matthew Robinson, who's got an Alice band. The two most contrasting hairstyles. Uh, I think you could find in a football field right next to each other. One of the very fans shout, "Get your hair cut!" Uh, I thought they're talking to me. <laughs> well, t- to be fair, mate, you, it could do with a trip. Tom Saws, I forgot about him. <laughs> He's just taken an absolute age to go down on the edge of Luton's box. No, he takes quite a long time to do anything. Uh, he's not the most um, pacey of players. But he's won you a free kick in a good position. He has, he has. On the right-hand side. I'm just thinking, actually, because we're sort of, just to set the scene, we're behind one of the goals, sort of really low down to the left, so right by the corner flag at one end, and Barrier attacking the other end as we speak. So if we attack this goal in the second half and score the winner, they're going to come running right in front of us, which is going to be amazing. Um, who's over that free kick? My eyesight's terrible. I got, I got my... Number 10, I think. Danny May, I, I have got my glasses in my, in my bag. I might stick my glasses on. Nicky Adams, I think. <laughs> Let's deliver it. Oh, 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 oh. One of those intricate Germany type moves. Yeah, ridiculous. They against Germany against Algeria. Choreographed to me to you. Who do you think you are, Barry? Come on. Just get it in the mixer. Bloody hell, it didn't take you, you long to change to a League Two fan, did it? Final minute of the first half. Nil-nil. Let's hope this isn't a nil-nil draw. <laughs> we've, been, we've been spoiled with some of our recent live games. Have we had a nil-nil yet? Uh, no, no, we have. No, we have. Let's not make this the night. There it is. Half time in League Two. Luton Town nil. Bury nil. David Cameron Walker, you're the uh, supposed neutral here. What have you made of that first half? It got better as it went along. I was quite impressed with the football that both sides tried to play. One, one thing I'd say about Berry that we noticed here, particularly late on in the first half, there, when you've been getting, you've been looking to get the ball out wide quite a lot, but when it has been out wide, particularly on the left hand side, there's not been any. There's no problem getting it there, but once it's there, it's not going into the box. It's the players who have to cut inside or come back onto their right foot, and that's not a problem if you can cut inside and swing it in on your right foot or have a shot. They're not really doing that. The times they have had a shot, they've been poor efforts that have dribbled wide. So you need more, certainly need more quality in the final third. But you seem to be quite comfortable on the ball and playing some good stuff. And, and Luton seem to have a bit of pace about them. They're good on the counter attack. You know, lots of quick one-two touch passing manoeuvres that have outfoxed some of your defenders at times. But again, they haven't really had any major chances, have they? So I suppose it's fairly even. But, but having said that, it's not been a bad advert for, for League Two football. These these are two teams who are... Oh, there's another EasyJet plane going over the ground there. <laughs> these are two teams... That's that been the best, most entertaining bit, I think, about the first half. The amount of EasyJet planes that... Do you think that's a deliberate flight path? Just, just because of the sponsorship? Or is that just Luton? <laughs> I think I've answered my own question there. Right, half-time. Luton... make that connection. <laughs> it's, it's taken me this long. Right. I think I need a drink. Luton nil, Berry nil. Back for the second half. Second half's underway. Luton nil, Berry nil. Oh, here we go. What? They awake. <laughs> They've woken up. Quick question for you. Did, did Luton always used to play in orange? I, I'm sure they used to play in white. Is it just because of EasyJet they play in orange? Well, I was thinking the same. I think orange and, and like the dark navy blue has always been part of their club colours. But certainly the last time they were in the championship, they, their home kit was, was white with even black shorts like certainly dark, dark I, th- I thought so as well, well anyway Luton have got a free kick now I think their away kits have been orange over the years 
worried about getting stick from the Luton fans maybe if any of them knew that I was a Watford fan but I'm actually, I'm actually getting some funny looks from Berry fans getting excited about Luton's uh, nice passage of play just there a couple of guys behind us looked at me as if I was a, if I was a ringer they think I'm an intruder well you are in a way here we are oh, well, I'm an honorary shaker for the evening yes well, you're an honorary shaker full stop good pressure good ball in come on Berry Some activity on the Luton bench. It looks like number 17, Pelly Ruddock Mpanzu, is about to come on. And he was the player that in the 4-4-2 season preview. The Luton fan who wrote that little bit, the fan section, said he's the player to watch out for this season. Good, strong, young, dynamic central midfielder. So we'll see if he can make an impact in this game. Very getting plenty of the ball down this right-hand side with Tom Swords. Not, and Nicky Adams, not quite playing the, the perfect final ball though I, I think Nicky Adams has been your best player to be honest with you when he gets the ball he, you know, he's that player who's looking to drive you on from midfield he's got the confidence to take the touch you know, to carry the ball if need be or to play a quick pass as well he seems to have a decent brain, football brain about him and unfortunately a player like Soares who he's tried to link up with a few times down the right hand side doesn't seem to be quite on his game tonight on his, caught on his heels a few times and just not quite up to scratch oh I like this Nicky Adams into the penalty area oh chance for Lowe and the near post oh, oh he's got in he's got in it's a goal it's a goal it's Danny Rose the players are appealing for handball Danny Rose has scored Berry have taken the lead get in there right in front of us Dave's run off to take a photograph the ball was played in low from the right by Nicky Adams took a slight deflection and there was a claim for handball. Danny Rose stuck his leg in there, not the ball into the net. Everyone seemed to stop. And they're singing his name. Sing it, Dave. Danny Rose! The time seemed to stop there, didn't it? You were claiming handball. The ball just trickled over the over the line. Mark Tyler came out, beaten by Danny Rose. He's very small. He's that kind of poacher, instinctive player. Managed to get into the penalty area, into the six-yard box. In fact, just continued his run, really, didn't he? Around the back of the Luton defenders. And it's 1-0 to Bury. And again, it came from a, a ball in the box from Nicky Adams. He kept going down the right-hand side. Hold that thought a second. up with Mark Tyler the Luton goalkeeper and Danny Rose there was that was off the ball in fact the referee gave, gave offside I think Tyler wanted to get the ball back to take the free kick Danny Rose has uh, gone down holding his face yeah Rose is trying to stop him taking a free kick quickly yellows all round Tyler's sort of pushed him away from the ball Rose has gone down easily I think yeah deserved yellow for both of them just get on with it Corner to Luton, who trail 1-0, but more, more important news. I've just spotted a bat has flown down from the roof of Kenilworth Road onto the, into, well, to the, towards the floodlights. I think, I, think, I think now we get into the latter stages of the game. You, you, can, you can sort of see where the differences are between the two sides. 
know, Paul Benson's just been substituted off for Luton. Didn't really do anything the whole game. Pretty, pretty anomalous. Mark Cullen slightly more lively, but again, no real chances. Half, if that, chances here and there. And you, you have been comfortable at the back, really, haven't you? Those three big centre-halves, not only are they all quite big and, and strong, you can you know, get their heads to the balls, clear it needs to be. They've also been happy to, to get the ball down, play it between them, play it across the back. Go from the that's back. what he wants, yeah. That's what Flickcroft wants. He, uh, that's why the, he got rid of Brian Jensen, the goalkeeper, last year, because he was booting it too long uh, all the time. But I am slightly worried by that assessment you've just given, given your track record for these things. I think there's an equaliser coming any moment. Well played. That's our throw in. Oh! a bit nippy now isn't it I can see my breath in the air for the first time this year it's August it's August blow your whistle ref I don't know how long's left I'll tell you what that's a lot for a League 2 game nearly 8,000 here tonight Five minutes. Five added minutes. No! No! Oh! Heartbreak at the end. Six minutes to get a winner. Just like a Bolton last week. Six minutes of injury time. And it's your man, I think. It's Pelly Rudder Campanzu, is it? Uh, uh, it might be Luke Rooney, actually. I'm not sure. Here we go. is Pelly Rudder Campanzu Berry for the second Tuesday in a row minutes away from victory and Luton have claimed the point oh heartbreaking again we're set for a grandstand finish here it could be a goal yet in this game what do you make of that goal it was a long ball wasn't it and it was a lovely finish though high into the roof of the net from where look maybe about 12 yards out just inside the area good finish oh it's Luton one, Berry one. Ryan Lowe. Oh, look at him! Look at Steve Renaudsy close up! Oh, got Ryan Lowe! Oh, look at... Oh, that is the first time I've seen Steve Renaudsy right in front of my eyes. Oh, my days. What a specimen. Oh, God. I love the Football League. Rickety old Ryan Lowe chasing down huge Steve Renaudsy. That's going to be it. It's all over at Kenilworth Road. Luton Town won. Very won. Very denied at the death. By a late equaliser. They took the lead through Danny Rose. It's all over. And now DC has raced off ahead of me because we're hopefully going to go and speak to Stuart Day, the Berry chairman. But it's all over. It's finished Luton Town won. Very won. We are going up. Live. So, Stuart, for the second Tuesday in a row, six minutes of injury time and, and only a point in the end tonight. Yeah, frustrating because we six minutes of injury time, like you say, on two weeks on the trot, and both times we conceded in them six minutes. So, um, frustrating, but I think that's put in a great performance tonight, and it just shows Luton's it's going to be a tough place to come to, and uh, not many teams will come here and take points off them. And thankfully, we've got a point to go back with, but it's just a bit disappointing that we haven't taken all three, really. As you say, it was a good performance, and I think uh, you must be a bit disappointed to see that goal late on but I thought you know defensively 
for 90 two minutes you know you, you were very good you know very solid you looked pretty comfortable at the back and you tried to play football uh, the right way as well yeah that's something that we've tried to embed at the football club is to play football the right way and to get promotion out of this division by doing that and we've recruited the players that we feel can play football and, and I think we showed that tonight I think in, in, in patches I don't think Luton could live with us defensively we looked solid uh, all the way through I didn't really think Luton was going to cause as many threats and uh, it's just a shame that they got that chance right at the very death because I think we deserved all three points tonight but it bodes well for the future really performances like that and a second goal in two games for Danny Rosie you've just brought to the club on a three year deal you must be chuffed with the, the impact he's had since he's come back already yeah I don't know how much Danny knew about the goal <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a scrappy goal but uh, you know it was one of them where I, th- I thought it could have been a penalty as well because uh, I think there was a handball in there as well and thankfully uh, Danny stopped the referee from making a decision and, and stuck the ball in the back of the net but that's what Danny's about he doesn't stop you know he, he, he doesn't stop until that whistle goes and he, he's the only person and that comes alive in the box there to just get the ball over the line and bit of a scrappy goal but we'll take them all the same so it's another one for him two in two now and there's only a couple of weeks to go till the transfer window closes are you happy with the business you've done over the summer? Uh, well, I mean we're happy with the business that we've done I think we've recruited a, a squad that's one of the best squadrons in this division um, and we want to build a squad that can get its promotion that's the that's the aim we've said that from the offset there's probably one or two more players that we still want to try and bring in if we can before the end of the transfer window we, we've got our targets of who we're trying to bring in at the moment and hopefully we can get that business done but uh, I've been delighted with the, uh, the, the the way that the lads are playing the football you know it's you know when you come into places like Luton and their opposition directors are saying to us what a great team you've got there and they're a fantastic side and you fancy them to be up there at the end of the season but we've played two tough away games now Hartlepool and coming down here to Luton and you know to take four points has been great at the start if you'd have said that at the start of it we'd have probably taken it it's just a little bit frustrating that conceding the goal in the 93rd minute means that we've uh, we've only come away with four points rather than than six but um, we've got a game against Plymouth on Saturday at home we've got to go out there and uh, show the, you know, in front of our home fans what we can do and the away fans have been superb again tonight so it bodes well for the future bodes well for the future on the pitch but also since you've come to the club and taken over there's been a lot of developments off the pitch you know you've invested in the playing surface up at the JD Stadium you've, you've the, the, the deal to turn Gig Lane into, into JD, the JD Stadium it shows that commercially the club is, is moving forward and being progressive and you know, how important is it to get that side of things right as well as on the pitch massively important because uh, commercially the club before we took over was it was stagnant it was not moving anywhere it was tired uh, I think the supporters had that it was the attitude that it was going to be this is just all Bury you know and this is how we got to accept it and we wanted to come in with an attitude to say well you know this is Bury Football Club if it's good enough for uh, Manchester United Manchester City it's good enough for us and we tried to implement a lot of changes in there and invest in the right areas we've, we've got commercial deals coming through we've got two or three other commercial deals in in the near future that we're hoping to get over the line which I'm sure we will which goes back into investing into the football club you know we've put the playing surface in there and you know the, the, me and David sat down at the beginning of the season to say we want the best playing surface in this division because if we're going to recruit footballers and I, I think we've shown that tonight that we have got footballers in our squad that we want to we, we want the best playing service because it's, it's like signing a 20 goal a season striker uh, you know and if the lads have got the confidence to play the football and pass the ball around I'm sure we'll, we'll be successful at the end of the season which is the main aim how difficult is it to run the club responsibly but invest in the playing squad to the level required invest in the club off the pitch as well work within the constraints of the financial fair play that's in the operation in the football league and kind of be competitive in the modern day climate without as we've seen so many clubs do year after year you know as, as Barry one of them you know go so close to being in administration and going out of business it's massively important we've got to make sure that we work uh, extremely hard my, my chief executive and my 
other directors they're in the club every day you know we're looking at every single avenue where we can actually increase turnover of the football club and that's been something that we've done in the last 12 months we've got a plan forward for the next two or three years of what we're going to do and the redevelopment that's going to go into the, the football ground but simple little things like function rooms that haven't been on you know it's, it's been quite poor really because you know there's events that the people have wanted to put on and, and it's a community based football club and if you've got something there that the community want to be involved in they'll come down we've just redeveloped the social club and it's not where we want to be as our end goal but we've just redeveloped it in the last uh, two three months now and we've already taken 17 bookings in the space of them two or three months which is a great accolade for the people that have been involved in that to make sure that it was right and it's done because the community wants to have somewhere to go and that's massively important for us that's massively important to make sure that we recreate uh, an atmosphere in an area that fans can come down and people of the community can come down and enjoy it and I think that's been lacking certainly over the previous years so that was the Barry Chairman Stuart Day very genuine fella very much a very nice guy quite quite a young man for a chairman as well yeah I think he's only three or four years older than you he was just uh, chatting to some fans in the car park there um, that was uh, Stuart speaking to us after the one or draw between Luton and Bury tonight we're going to have a quick look at what's been going on elsewhere in the Football League on Tuesday night in a minute but first I'm going to take you back DC a few hours to when we were sat in that lovely Weatherspoons in the centre of Luton uh, we sat down for a chat and um, somebody steak and chips it was alright wasn't it 5 um, for a chat about the first two weeks of the Football League season so far. This is our conversation from earlier. We are going up live. We've got the Football League covered. Well, I've got myself a pine, but you're training for your mud blood thing, whatever it's called. Tough, tough mudder. That's yeah. the one, that's the one. So you're on the you're on the, uh, the diet coat. Okay, let's have a little chat then about the first couple of weeks of the season. It does feel like a long time ago that we did those three preview shows. Um, and in the championship preview show, the last of those, you did talk about Huddersfield being potentially your ones to watch for the season. And, um, well, it didn't take long for it all to go pear-shaped. No, spectacular really, wasn't it? I'm used to them, you know being made to look silly with my predictions but this is a new low I should also point out that Rob from the two unfortunates also said Huddersfield were the ones to watch as well so I'm not completely alone in that but I mean I didn't expect them to, to have that sort of catastrophic start I mean one game in I mean it, it, the thing is it's, it's not even one game it was what 24 seconds or something wasn't it 20 odd seconds against Bournemouth in the first day of the season and that sort of thing can derail you I mean obviously I think looking at the situation with Mark Robbins and what's happened subsequently there was probably more to, more to it regardless of that result on the first day of the season there was obviously I think probably some problems that have been brewing for a long time maybe the place wasn't the happiest towards the end of last season despite that final day victory at Watford maybe masking papering over some cracks um, but you know that 4-0 opening day victory was the final nail in his coffin and after one game on the face of it it seems ludicrous to change a manager after one game and I still think you know it is a bit ridiculous you know maybe they, if, if, if you don't want Mark Robbins to manage your football club don't let him start the season well exactly they had about three months to uh, make that decision if they wanted to but the question is I suppose where do they go from here um, there's been some in- interesting names uh, linked with taking over um, one being Patrick Cliver yes although I do believe he has since distanced himself from the reports I think it was his agent who distanced himself from Huddersfield full stop I think <laughs> yeah well, I think it was his agent touting him round I knew you know he was very disappointed I've heard him talking uh, about not being able to go to 
Manchester United with Louis van Gaal. Obviously, he was the assistant in the World Cup for, for Holland. Uh, so we may well see him on these shores sometime soon, but I don't think it'll be with Huddersfield. I mean, the other names that have been linked with the job, Jackie McNamara from up in Scotland, been doing yep. a good job with Dundee United. Uh, Chris Powell I've seen linked, who I think, you know, whilst he didn't have a good season with Charlton, it was sort of unravelled a bit last year when he before he left. You know, he did have some of his best players sold. He had injuries. He had no real budget to work with in that second season in the Championship with Charlton. And I think having heard him talk about his experiences at Charlton, whoever gets him, if it is Huddersfield, they'll be getting a, a better manager for that experience that he's had. Stephen Presley's been linked as well, potentially with a move from Coventry. Well, we should be interesting because, of course, Presley replaced Mark Robbins at Coventry very <laughs> before. True, yeah. So it would be kind of a, a cycle going back round again. He's a manager I think very highly of. We, we've spoken about him a few times before on the pod. Um, I think I've seen Tony Mowbray linked as well. So there are managers who are out of work, you know, who, who've been experienced in the championship who, and some not who could come in and, you know, be a few interesting different names there. But, you know, I, I still maintain that Huddersfield do have some, some good players and some, some reasons to be hopeful that they can salvage something from this season. Obviously, it's got off to a terrible start from two successive losses, but, you know, by no means should they be too down and out just yet. One big signing that's been made um, in the championship since we last did a, a show was Britta Sombolonga. Now, I'm not expecting us to do a live rendition in the middle of Weatherspoons here, but um, if you're a Forest, if you're a Forest fan, um, interesting signing. It's a lot of money. It's half of what Fulham spent on Ross McCormack, so it's not the biggest signing in terms of a fee paid by a championship club this summer, but it's still a hell of a lot of money. And he uh, he bagged a brace at Bolton on his debut. Uh, not no, actually not his debut, but he certainly bagged a brace at Bolton last Saturday. Yeah, and he and he could have had could have had more um, from from what I hear. But I think he might even have scored more tonight. We'll find out later. Yeah, it's an interesting signing because he's had a, he had a terrific season at Peterborough last year. Scored plenty of goals. I think his form, whilst his goals were pretty consistent throughout the season, his form tailed off somewhat in terms of performances towards the end of the season. I think he was maybe showing signs of what he is, a young player, still learning the game. Played a lot of football for Peterborough last season, so maybe tired a bit towards the end of the season. But Nottingham Forest are buying a player with you know real potential who's shown he's every level he's played at so far, he's scored goals. He went to the conference on loan from, from Watford to Wellstone to Braintree, scored plenty of goals. Then he went to South End in League Two, scored plenty of goals. Peterborough scored plenty of goals. Now the challenge is to do the same for Forrest. And Stuart Pearce obviously believes a lot in him. But the interesting thing from a Watford fan's point of view is we've made about three million from a player that only played four times. So although you look at him one in hindsight and think, well, a championship rival has now got a striker, a good young striker in form who could you know score loads of goals for them and help them go up maybe at our expense this season. We've also got a, you know a big chunk of money in the bank for, for somebody that we never really had in our team. So it's kind of you can look at it either way. While well, you've been giving that answer, I'm pleased to say that our food has turned up. Part of the, the weather's been state club, so we're, we're going to carry on chatting. Um, try not to eat too loudly. So um, as well as uh, Forest, who've started off with four points from their first two games, obviously we'll talk about their result tonight shortly. We don't know it as as we record this bit. Uh, Bournemouth and Millwall started off well. Bournemouth scoring four goals on the opening day for the first time since 1932. Followed that up with a win over Brentford at the weekend, and also Millwall uh, with three wins in three in all competitions to start, uh, plus three clean sheets as well. So me paying uh, Ian Holloway a visit has uh, worked a treat for them somehow. Yeah, and, and you wouldn't have thought that after two games, the only two teams of that 100% records in the Championship would be Bournemouth and, and Millwall. Maybe Bournemouth, I, I suppose, but certainly not Millwall. 
when you consider they've had Leeds and Fulham. Um, and it just shows you that you know the, the, this division is going to be tight. Again, teams that have looked awful in one game, uh, Bolton I saw in the first game of the season against Watford, they looked dreadful. You saw them against Berry in the, in the League Cup. Don't know if they're any better, but they looked nope. They looked abject against us from the first minute, considering it's the first game of the season. They didn't look interested, didn't look up for it. But then they go and put in a you know spirited performance to get a two-all draw with Nottingham Forest. You know Norwich didn't look that good against Wolves in the first weekend of the season. Lost one 0 Next weekend they, they batter Watford, although they did have playing against ten men for 88 minutes, but still looked very impressive. So I think you're going to see that in the early part of the season, teams sort of finding their way, finding their form. There might be some erratic results and performances that you may not expect. Speaking of Fulham, um, eight of the players that McGaff played against Millwall last. Saturday, 21 and under, which is asking a hell of a lot, although Patrick Roberts on some of the highlights has looked a real talent at the start of the season. Um, we need to fly, fly through some other stuff. I did enjoy the uh, potential Bob peters Uve Rosler scrap on the touchline after the uh, the late winner for Charlton at the weekend. Uh, Brighton lost again. Birmingham finally won at home for the first time in 10 months. Leeds were on Sky again on a Saturday lunchtime. <laughs> Nothing changes. Billy Sharp with a late goal there. And uh, you mentioned you're at the bowling game. I believe you met someone there as well that you need to tell us about Lloyd Doyle yeah. <laughs> <Can you forget? laughs> well I sort of bumped into him after the game um, wonderful man and uh, I mean this, this will sound slightly homoerotic not, not that that's necessarily a bad thing but um, uh, I uh, I had my, my I had my whole my hand on his shoulder sort of my arm around him to, when we took the photo and I just couldn't help but notice the unbelievable size of his of his traps you know the muscles sort of along your, along your collarbone on your shoulder they're absolutely you want me to put some kind of um, that was my last, that was my lasting impression weird soundtrack underneath <laughs> he's a great man but that, peculiarly that was what I took away from the meeting uh, League One um, five teams won their first two games uh, Bristol City Peterborough Crawley and two promoted teams Fleetwood and Chesterfield who both started off very well Crawley quite surprisingly under John Gregory three 1-0 wins um, Rochdale and Scunthorpe though have lost their first two games as have Sheffield United now Chad Evans just as you're about to tuck into your uh, to your sirloin steak there this, where are we at with this story um, there's rumours I saw doing the rounds that when he's released from prison in a couple of weeks time that he could be going back to Sheffield United are we any further down the line of knowing that's, if that's true or not I'm not sure whether we know exactly where the club's going to stand on it what stance are going to take I did read an excellent post by uh, Unitedite that we've had on a number of times over the last few years haven't we and it was talking about Ian Rand yeah the guy who's from the supporters club claiming to represent the most of the oh I, did you hear his interview on Five Live Unbelievable. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I mean, some of the things this guy was coming out with, and this is a this is a sensitive issue. If you're going to talk about it at length, you know, on national radio, claiming to represent, you know, thousands of thousands of fans, Sheffield United, you need to talk about it eloquently. You need to be very considered. You need to tread very carefully. And some of the things he was saying, he was sort of barging in, and it just, you know, it sounded awful, really awful. And I don't know whether you know, I'd be embarrassed if I was a Sheffield United fan to have that man claim to represent. He clearly doesn't represent all the fans. He, he may be involved in the supporters club, but that doesn't mean he represents the views of every single every single fan. I don't know how he was how he got that position, whether he's elected or or I don't know how that works. But anyway, it's it's a debate that, 
that unfortunately has reared its head too many times in the last few years where there's been other players Lee Hughes Marlon King Luke Cormack you know various misdemeanors of various degrees and Troy Deeney to a lesser extent a few years ago and they all come back into football well it all boils down to if you've committed a crime and you serve your punishment which is given to you if you're found guilty by the legal system you know do you have in any walk of life the right to come back into society and 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 resume your career and, and resume your place in society and after you're supposedly rehabilitated and I suppose at a base level yes you do but then you sort of get into the grey areas where you know some people would say well Troy Deeney was involved in an assault case where he, where he was found guilty of uh, beating someone up basically and people wouldn't say you know that, that happens people get in fights outside pubs and stuff it's not right but it happens and it's, it's, it's would, most people would say it's a lesser crime than what Chad Evans has been found guilty of or Lee Hughes you know so, but, but you can't really draw the line well the most depressing thing I read on Twitter uh, just sort of scanning down some of the comments I think it was Charlie Webster you know the TV presenter who supports Sheffield United who wrote a, a couple of tweets on there sort of saying how depressing it was to read and hear Sheffield United fans saying that they'd welcome Chad Evans back with open arms and some of the comments below were so de- depressing like some people talking about a business decision this isn't a decision about his character it's purely a business decision well sometimes you know you've got to have higher morals than that I think you, just because he scores 30 goals a season for your club doesn't mean I mean think about all those female Sheffield United fans how, how do they feel about this potential move back into the club you'd have to ask them I don't know but it's that's the that's the position they're in you know it's, it is difficult to say well you can come back for committing one crime but you can't come back for committing another crime I think you either have to you know give everyone a second chance or if you're that opposed to it you say no footballers should be you know role models and we should have a moral stance and we say we're not going to let you enjoy this privileged status and 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 live this this lifestyle which is to some to many respects a privileged lifestyle but it's, it's a very tricky one for, for clubs to, to deal with but we've seen time and time again they always go along the side of well if he's done his time we're gonna we're gonna employ him if he's gonna score goals he's gonna help us we've seen that football clubs will employ these people time and time again and there's not a lot we can do about it let's move on speaking of goals um, brilliant uh, start from Tom Pope and Ben Williamson at Port Vale uh, scored uh, eight goals between them in the first three games of the season which bodes well MK Dons threw in the Capital One Cup after being AFC Wimbledon obviously the uh, the grudge game they play Manchester United in the second round United in the League Cup uh, second round this season because they're not in Europe and uh, into League Two Kevin Ellison banging them in Morecambe everyone's tipped to go down flying high certainly after the first two games yeah I mean but the thing was you know Morecambe and Cheltenham those two teams nobody fancied them especially Morecambe nobody's fancied them for the last few years but when you make these good starts I mean, you can all look back at the first days of the season first months of the season and see teams that are flying high Coventry for a number of years I seem to remember in the Championship were always doing well at the end of August and September Blackpool last season you know teams do get off the good starts and, and fall away and vice versa but it gives you an opportunity when you have a good start you know two games and you've got another set of games tonight so by the time we finish this podcast tonight every team will have played three games and if you've got seven or nine points out of those games it gives you a platform to say look whether we've been lucky whether we deserve that or whatever we've got the points let's build on it let's kick off some other notable things from League 2 to uh, mention Northampton knocking out Wolves in the League Cup Burton Albion beating Wigan and the six-all draw between Dagenham and Redbridge and Brentford incredible only the fourth 6-6 six, six draw in the history of professional football in England well I, I spoke to uh, a Brentford 
fan who was there the day after that game and he said by the end of it he just he didn't know whether to laugh or cry <laughs> he was so you know just delirious it's you know just seeing this ridiculous spectacle in front of him after having the lead they have the lead five times Brentford in the yeah, game yeah. and to not close it out against a team two divisions below them yeah to not close it out was just ludicrous but you know they kept coming back and they thought okay right this time we'll see it out but then um, to concede so many poor goals the thing I love about that is sometimes the League Cup games people just go along because they've got nothing better to do pay a couple of quid on the on the door and you get 12 goals in a penalty shootout yeah exactly I'm sure there would have been some fans you know that would have done that on the night and uh, you know Richard Lee who we spoke to in the championship preview you know what a strange night for him you know he's conceded six goals a couple of which weren't that flattering on him um, and you know personally I've seen him tweet after the game he was gutted with the performance but yet yet again another penalty shootout I don't think he's I don't think uh, that Brentford have lost a penalty shootout since he's been at the club um, also just a quick word to say a uh, very sad word to hear about the death of James Alexander Gordon uh, who passed away a couple of days ago a voice that we all kind of grew up with on a Saturday afternoon I always thought no one quite said the word wanderers quite like James Alexander Gordon did so obviously best wishes to the family there um, right some tweets then uh, we asked some up, uh, you to sum up your team's first two weeks of the season in 140 characters here are some of the uh, replies Dave Stringer Dagnum fan awful nothing going forward that's hard to believe he just scored six goals and a shambles defensively we desperately need Hines and Murphy fit as soon as possible Jeffrey Paterno-Ostro what a name uh, Sheffield Wednesday fan well organised easy to root for creating chances good results but we still need a bit more depth uh, Dan the Fleetwood fan fantastic start built on team spirit a settled side and uh, Proctor scoring goals and Adam Williams another Adam Williams not the uh, our Ipswich uh, uh, regular um, Felix's kids strategy may be admirable but we ain't going to win any football matches uh, Andy the Ipswich fan not much progress being made similar squad and tactics to last season difficult to beat not pretty and my favourite tweet let me show you that image describe that DC well what appears to be two very dry potentially stale white uh, halves of a white bat on some greasy paper oh god with what I mean purports to be pulled pork but just looks like a lump of congealed meat you might have seen this on our it's, it's a, can I just say it's a massive contrast to the, the food you've got on your plate there I'm pleased to say uh, that tweet, uh, tweet was from Sam Pocock you might have seen that on our uh, Twitter if you follow us at Wagyu Podcast lads £3.50 for a pulled pork sandwich on a new and improved refreshment menu at Carlisle this season yum so you know what we need now people if you uh, pay your hard earned money at football grounds and you're not happy with the, uh, the products you're given please send us photos and we'll retweet some of them at Wagyu Podcast um, but Sam also says as a Carlisle fan um, abysmal start to the season not the fact we're losing but the manner in which we are one win in 18 nervy times for Graham Cavanagh again that might be proved wrong in just a second when we update you on tonight's results in other news though DC fantasy football is back tell people how they get involved in this then well this is all three divisions this isn't just a championship this season that's a good thing last few years it's been just a championship team but now you make up a squad you're 11 plus your four subs made up from any combination from, from all three three leagues which does sort of make it a bit more of a challenge for those of you who may not be as familiar with the with League 1 or League 2 as some of us um, you can get involved by going to football-leaguemanager.co.uk just google it if you're not you'll find it easy enough uh, our mini league is we are going up season 4 the password is topo for long time listeners there a little nod to the past yeah. um, and I'm afraid to say that topo isn't doing too well in the league so far but I am 
am, aren't I? I'm third. See, the thing with this is you can't actually, you can see the team names on our mini league, but you can't actually see who it is. So whoever Rosie47 is, is top. I think actually they sent us a tweet this week. Apologies. Uh, didn't uh, didn't screenshot it. I haven't got the Wi-Fi in here. Um, two is uh, the South End Dream Team. Waggy Wondrous, is that you? That's me. In third. I'm down in 10th with Manny Road Aces. Um, so yeah, again, it's uh, football-league-manager.co.uk. You can still get involved early days in the season. Don't worry, I will fall like a lead balloon down that chart. Uh, football-league-manager.co.uk. The mini league is we are going up dash season four and the password in lowercase is topo uh, so uh, that is how uh, you get involved in our fantasy football this season and right now we're going to update you oh hang on you've got something to say I have just before you round up this little section um, I'll do a little shout out uh, to someone else I met at the Watford game not Lloyd Doyley um, but um, a man called Curtis who's a Watford fan and listens to us all the way from Denver whoa uh, he comes over to, to see Watford uh, once or twice a year got a 100% record I believe uh, watching Watford at Vicarage Road so come more please uh, Curtis but listens to the listens to the show apparently enjoys not just the Watford chat but all, all the all the all through the leagues um, but he, his message to me was try and get more Watford in if you can so <laughs> well we, we got complaints didn't we from our pre-season show where we tried to scale back you tried to scale back the Watford we got complaints it was still too much I'll do my best but I think tonight of, of all nights and today of all shows might be more di- difficult for me to do that but um, well yeah it's nearly over anyway but yeah perhaps we'll talk about Watford's result tonight <laughs> in just a second uh, because we're now going to go back to um, a little walk back to the train station after the game and we're going to reflect on some of tonight's scores in the Football League we are going up on the road so that was us chatting earlier about the first two weeks of the Football League season we've now got to walk at quite a brisk pace because you need desperately to get the 20 past 10 train back to London very much so otherwise I'll be <laughs> could be a night in Luton for me which I very much don't want to face a prospect of this is a man everyone gets up at what time 3.45 in the morning yeah it's about yeah. that yeah not going to get much kit mate um, elsewhere in the Football League tonight um, any notable results to, uh, to mention Watford have won let's have a little scan we'll get to that we'll get to that ok we'll start in League 2 shall we yep. uh, Burton another win for Burton 1-0 against Exeter doing well Burton uh, Dagenham off to got their first win of the season uh, against Hartlepool away obviously Luton Berry we've just seen Mansfield we, uh, Newport 1-0 Morecambe top of the table they must be don't tell me Big Kev scored again it's Big Kevin Ellison 1-0 oh, yes. win at home to Oxford uh, Plymouth 1 Stevenage 1 Portsmouth 2 Northampton 0 Jed Wallace he's in my fantasy team and Craig Westcott with another goal there uh, Shrewsbury 4-0 against Accrington they are looking good already I've got to say knocking Blackpool oh, out last week end. we don't need every score mate defeated for the first time this season losing well, 1-0 at home to Wimbledon uh, Tranmere beating Wickham 2-0 away in York and Cambridge 2-2 Rochdale uh, had a big old win at Crewe tonight in League 1 they won 5-2 which is pretty impressive uh, let's have a look anything else to know how did Sheffield United get on result Sheffield United they won 2-1 away at Peterborough that's an important win first one of the season Bristol City late in Orient 0-0 draw MK Don's winning away at Chesterfield trying not to get run over here uh, Preston and Doncaster 1-1 uh, so didn't even have a bet tonight and get on to the championship this is where we'll finish this epic podcast I think there's been some late drama uh, Birmingham oh. would have had another win at home were it not for Christoph Berra completing his brace in the 94th minute St Andrews for a 2-2 draw uh, Brentford beating Blackpool away Forest beating Bournemouth away oh that's a big win Assemble longer on a score sheet again there Cardiff 1-0 win over they are looking good already Char- we could have had a shocking start they've not won yet in four games uh, Charlton beating Derby 3-2 Derby not had the best of starts either Leeds losing to Brighton Brighton off the mark Norwich beating Blackburn yeah. 3-1 yep. the big result that we've all been waiting for from the New York Stadium Rotherham 0 Watford 2 
goals for Lloyd Dyer. Can I just say, this is why everyone misses James Alexander-Gordon so much already. There's a reason you haven't got this gig. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday won, Millwall won. Mate, don't push me in the middle of this bloody coach. Uh, Millwall with a 95th minute equaliser away at Hillsborough there. Yep. Uh, and Bolton won, Middlesbrough 2. And Reading won, Huddersfield 2. Good win for Huddersfield. Maybe they'll have appointed a new manager by the time we do the next show. Right, we've got 10 minutes to get this train. I'm running. <laughs> it's wrong. God, he's gone. Right, OK. Thanks for listening to uh, this live version. He is actually running. Of, uh, we are going up. Uh, you can <laughs> tweet us at Wagyu Podcast. You can email via the new website, wearegoingup.co.uk, which will be live in a couple of days. The Instagram is instagram.com slash Wagyu Podcast. Go and follow us on there. I'm going to have to start to run. Thanks to all our guests, including Mr. Stuart Day. I hope you enjoyed Luton 1, Berry 1. This is the We Are Going Up podcast. We've got the Football League covered. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.